This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. The Golden Edge Podcast is sponsored by SDN Sports from Station Casinos. SDN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. Sign up today and get a new sign-up bonus of up to $50. What is up, everyone? This is the Golden Edge Podcast, the podcast where the Las Vegas Review Journal talks about hockey. And this week, we're actually going to try to talk a lot of hockey. We've had some fun the last couple weeks, but there are some actual news for us to discuss today. But before we get to all that, I'm going to bring in uh, my partners in crime here on the podcast, Dave Shane and Adam Hill. Dave, how goes it with you? Good, good. Hanging out. Back to uh, not shaving. Uh, watched the uh, Post Malone Nirvana. That was kind of interesting. Doing my best to uh, avoid all the uh, Packers draft coverage after uh, watching a bungle that. So, you know, pretty, pretty much normal. As a person who grew up in Minnesota, I was uh, very happy with the Packers consternation, especially because I was... FaceTiming live with uh, a Packers fan as the draft was going on, which, Adam, you participated in a lot of uh, our draft coverage at the Review Journal. How are you surviving a couple days out? Yeah, I don't think I was mentally ready for that. My first, like, official draft coverage, like, all in. Uh, it's it's so intense. And, like, I've watched it every year as, you know, kind of a fan or a spectator uh, through time. But, like, covering it is just a, it's a different animal. And, um, you know, I don't know how many people checked out what we did at the Review Journal, but it was uh, quite an endeavor. Ben, I know you were involved in that, too. So uh, we got through it. I think we did a lot of great content for the people. And, uh, and then I wanted to go to sleep for like 38 hours straight. But Dave, what what is the Nirvana Post Malone? I don't even know what that is. Oh, Post Malone did uh, a Nirvana concert. Really? With uh, Travis Bark. Travis Barker was on drums. Wow. Uh, a couple other guys were doing. Yeah, they were all like in their own. Uh, you know, in their own spots, in their own houses, I guess, and somehow kind of linked all up and, and basically did a Nirvana concert, which, I mean, I don't know. There was a few songs that I wasn't necessarily a huge fan of, but at this time in this place, like, it was pretty cool. It was something to, to do for an hour. Yeah, it was, uh, I was actually, I tweeted that I, I, I did not mind the 
Miley Cyrus uh, cover the other night on SNL. Oh, see, yeah, I did. I did. I did not like that. <laughs> I and that that's a that's a big song for me. I haven't really, really, really enjoyed that song. I did not like that oh, cover. Don't, don't be a stick in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. I am uh, here for basically any content. Yeah. At this point, and that includes me watching an obscene amount of NFL draft coverage, which we're actually going to talk about in a second and relate to hockey. Uh, but first, I just want to remind everyone that the Golden Edge podcast is sponsored by STN Sports Mobile from Station Casinos. We are presented by Favor, drinkafavor.com. Also, make sure to check out all our work at reviewjournal.com. I've got a roster review series going right now where I go through the Golden Knights roster in alphabetical order and kind of update on how everyone's seasons went and how they kind of project for the future but uh getting back to this podcast as i mentioned we've had a couple fun shows the last couple weeks we did an ultimate fighter bracket we did a game of would you rather with the knights we talked about uh the first dance quote unquote the documentary that i would love to make about the gold knights inaugural season but we do have some hockey topics to actually cover today in terms of you know some real newsy stuff and so I mentioned the NFL draft off the top because it got record ratings, which I have to assume kind of raised the eyebrows of one Gary Bettman and his associates in terms of, hey, this could be a really easy way for the NHL to stay relevant because everyone's just starving, starving, starving for any sort of sports content right now. Like I said, me included, I watched basically all of night one and night two of the NFL draft. I had day three on in the background i wasn't actually paying that attention because i'm not that much of a degenerate uh, but the nhl draft is usually in late june it was postponed uh but is there any possibility we think and i'll start with you adam that that could take place in late june or that nhl might actually try to host the draft before the season is officially over just because they know that it might be something people are going to watch I, I would not think that the ratings would impact that decision necessarily. Uh, the ratings that the NFL got, it's just, it's such a different world uh, out there. Uh, the NFL is not, you know, is not similar to really anything else that we do. And I, I know the, you know, the NHL is, is certainly bigger than the WNBA, uh, but the WNBA tried the same thing and it didn't, it didn't really work out for them. And like baseball wouldn't really work for them. It's just, it, you know, people just don't know the players. And I think that's the, that's the problem. You don't have like a, a mainstream knowledge of the players that are going to get drafted uh, in the NHL. So I, I just don't think it would work out that way. I mean, they, they could try something and they could try some innovative, you know, methods. And I don't know what that would be. I'm just um, thinking they would try to get as creative as possible to try to make it more interesting, perhaps. But uh, I also I just don't like the concept of trying to have, you know, drafts before you come to any kind of resolution either. I mean, that that just it's such a foreign concept to me, and this is a foreign time, certainly. But I, I know there was discussion of it. I just, it, it wouldn't, it just wouldn't sit right to me uh, to try to do something like that. But I, I don't think it's out of the question either. No, I definitely don't think it's out of the question. As you mentioned, I do think this is something they're discussing because they're looking for content, and of course, all you know, junior hockey seasons, college hockey seasons, have basically been canceled up to this point. So it's not like there's games that you know all these gm scouts and coaches are missing out on that they need to catch up on i mean if they want to grind the tape and finish their draft board they can do that 
right now. And Dave, I know you talked to Golden Knights general manager Kelly McCrimmon kind of at the beginning of this pause. Was there any sense of where they were at in the scouting process and maybe how they were going to approach it now that uh, basically all the games are canceled? Yeah, I don't think it's a problem for them. I mean, they've seen the kids and obviously they would have liked to have seen them in, you know, the CHL playoffs for the NCAA tournament under 18s and all that sort of stuff. But they, I mean, they've seen these kids for, you know, a couple years. So they're going to rely on their coverage and, and all that. I don't think the, ex, you know, I guess exposure or viewings and, and all that are a problem. I know they're conducting interviews, you know, with prospects over Zoom and things like that to replace, you know, what would have been a combine, I guess, experience and what have you. But I mean, I'll, I'm going to actually play counter to Adam here. Um, there's a lot of interest in June. You got to remember, Adam. There's an entire country yeah, that you, you know that that follows this sport and follows these junior kids the way that we follow kind of college football in a lot of ways for the NHL draft. So we think about it. Oh, we don't know the players, and yeah, it's true. In a lot of ways, these are 18 year old kids, and it's much more similar to baseball, where you're you know you're projecting, and it's and it's almost like high school kids in a lot of ways, and you haven't built up kind of that, I guess, publicity recognition and, and all that that comes with it. But Canadians and, and some of these other markets, they are starving for any of this stuff. So I know the NHL has talked about it. They had a conference call last week with GMs and, and pushed the idea. I know there was a lot of pushback from the GMs on it. And there's a whole bunch of different issues kind of that come with it that they raise that we can talk about here, that I'm sure. But I, I'm, I'm going to kind of like I said, play, play counter to Adam here. There, there is going to be interest, at least from fans and things, probably more so than normal, if they're able to pull this off in June. Well, you're, Dave, you're, that's totally fair. I was being very jingoistic and, and very uh, American-centric with that take, and that is a completely fair counter. They say a healthy gut means a healthy you. Favor apple cider vinegar shots? Bottle this feeling into the convenience of a two-ounce shot. Better digestion, stronger immune system, and the lowering of blood sugar levels are just some of the benefits to shooting a daily Favor shot. Their proprietary blends are raw and organic and mixed with other functional ingredients to create a better tasting experience. First-time shooters can go to drinkafavor.com. So let's kind of talk about those issues that Dave brings up because... You know, there is going to be some level of interest, certainly in Canada, and I think U.S. hockey fans, too, just because it'll be something to watch. And, of course, you know, we saw that NFL teams were able to conduct a draft despite a lot of pro days getting canceled and stuff. So I think NHL teams certainly could conduct a draft, even though some of the postseason games that they would normally have gotten to see from the junior and college teams have been canceled. But there are a lot of things that would need to be worked out as adam kind of mentioned it'd be super weird to conduct a draft when your season isn't technically over because that's not something we see uh in basically any sport besides baseball and in baseball it's basically a given that those players won't be uh hopping on your team right away there's also a lot of conditional picks that would need to be worked out. So, for example, the Knights traded Cody Eakin to the Winnipeg Jets for a fourth-round pick, but it becomes a third-round pick if the Jets make the playoffs. Well, so in order to conduct a draft, the NHL needs to decide whether the Jets are going to make the playoffs or, or not. The Jets are in if the NHL just goes by points right now. They're barely out if it goes by points percentage. 
I mean, does it still count that the Jets make the playoffs if the NHL does some postseason format where 24 teams get in or anything like that? That's just kind of way, way up in the air right now. And that's just for a team like the Knights who's going to be picking later in the draft. Obviously, the lottery and everything that goes into that is going to be super, you know, interesting to see how they would work with that, too. But do you think there's going to be room for a compromise, Dave? Or do you think enough GMs are going to be against this that kind of Bettman's going to have no choice but to back off and have it happen sometime, you know, in the fall? No, I think it's going to kind of be the other way around, to be quite honest. I think this is something that the NHL wants. I think they're pushing the the idea and the notion of, look, we're in a different time. If it's not, you know, I think Bettman kind of said something along the lines of, it's not, if it's not perfect, we got to find the next perfect solution. I think from the NHL league standpoint, they, they, they want it in June. They're pushing it in June. It's the GMs that are going to push back. I just don't know who's going to ultimately win that fight because I, I just like we, well, like we're talking about here. There's so many different issues. I mean, one of the ones that's, that's been brought up and, and I know there's a solution for it, but the way the draft lottery is right now, it sets up a scenario that you could technically win the draft lottery. You could get, Alexis Lafreniere, and then when the games restart, if you're close enough to the playoffs, say like you're the Rangers who are out of a playoff spot, you could get hot. Shesterkin could take you to the Stanley Cup, and then not only do you now have the number one pick in the draft, you've now won the Stanley Cup. And it's a far-fetched scenario, but they're setting it up and at least opening the door for something like that to happen. Now, you can protect it and only have you know, teams be able to move up so many places and, and do all those sorts of things with the ping pong balls. But I, I mean, this is just me personally saying I can't stand the idea. I hate it. I don't like the, the, the idea of doing a draft before you finish a regular season. I've seen some things floated about trades and, and, and what have you. Trading at the, at the NHL draft is one of the most popular activities for GMs. They do that. They shed salary. That's when things happen. Like, how can you do that? How can you trade a guy and then maybe have it be for like future considerations? Have him play out the season, know that he's been traded, and and then complete it after the season. Like, it's just ludicrous to me. So, as much as I think that they're, the NHL is probably going to push and push and push for this to happen, and it'll probably happen. Man, there's just so many problems with it for me. Yeah, well, you mentioned trades. Um, I think we would just see trades not happen because teams would want to hang on to guys. And I don't think you can have a scenario where a guy's been traded but still on your roster through the end of the season. I think he would just have to be gone. But And I don't think teams are going to want to move guys off their roster when the season is still going. There was the trade deadline already passed. Like, how is it equitable? How is that fair? I mean, it's like putting a second trade deadline in there, basically. You know, I mean, you can't like get a guy now that you wouldn't have had access to had all of this not happened. I just don't see how that's fair. You know, I still think they need to figure out teams that rented players too. like, how do you, how do you deal with that at some point? I mean, to me, that's tough nuggies, yeah. you know, like it stinks and, and, oh, you only got Robin Leonard for three games. If he signs elsewhere, if everything gets canceled, but like, to me, that's kind of like tough nuggies. That one to me isn't as. You know, like I would have a hard time if somebody came at me and tried to make a case that you should give me compensation for that. Like, I don't know. That's just part of the risk. Like, you know, what if he had gotten hurt? What if he had fallen on his face? Like, you know, 
I mean, I suppose it's an argument. Yeah, I mean, it's a valid point, though, Adam. No, I mean, there's obviously a ton of questions that would need to be answered, especially in terms of how teams could, you know, try to plan for the future with this draft and all, despite the fact that the present, especially with the season, would be so uncertain. And especially because a lot of teams would, I would think, were planning to use the 2020 draft to make trades and deals that would set them up well for the future because, of course, Seattle is going to hold its expansion draft in 2021, so teams are probably going to look, or we're going to look, to get rid of some players that would have been eligible for the draft. And if the uh, 2020 NHL draft is held earlier and guys can't move players that are on NHL deals, that's going to create a ton of headaches for GMs. But obviously, there's the point that I think Bettman is trying to make is that we're going to have headaches no matter what we do. Let's at least do something uh, for our fans. Uh, so that's one idea that's been floated around the league the last couple weeks. The idea of moving or having the draft basically still take place at the same time. I want to talk about another one now, which has been about the NHL has moved to restarting using uh, quote unquote hubs. So we've talked about this idea of the NHL might use neutral sites like North Dakota and New Hampshire to restart season. That is now basically out. That idea is kind of off the table. Instead, the NHL wants to use basically home ranks for teams in areas where the virus is under control. Uh, Bettman has been on a number of TV stations kind of espousing this idea, saying NHL ranks are better set up logistically to handle potentially multiple games in a day to finish out the regular season. They can house multiple teams because they have more locker rooms. They can handle the TV setups that are necessary because, of course, the NHL is going to try to make good on its TV contract if it ends up restarting. And so it sounds like there's 12 NHL markets kind of in the mix. Dave, what do we know about the chances of uh, Las Vegas and T-Mobile Arena being part of that group? I mean, it makes sense. That's for sure, at least in terms of things like hotels close to T-Mobile Arena. Um, Nevada is, I guess, a quote-unquote hot spot, which was one of kind of the requirements that Gary Bettman listed and and said that the NHL is going to look for. I think the biggest issue is just going to be the availability of ice. And what is the NHL kind of looking for in terms of practice facilities? How close does it have to be to the hotels and where teams are staying? And things like that, because obviously Vegas is going to have a little bit limited ice compared to some of the other cities that have been at least mentioned, you know, as as potential host sites, things like, you know, Columbus, Minnesota, um, you know, even Dallas has been mentioned. You know, when you look around, though, the Pacific Division as to what's available, I know Edmonton and potentially Calgary have also kind of popped up as you know, potential sites that, that the NHL might look at. But with all that, one of the health officials from Alberta the other day came out and basically kind of said there's no mass gatherings for the entire summer over 15 people. So I don't know how restrictive that's going to be and prohibitive, I guess, for Alberta to potentially host. I would think California is not necessarily uh, going to qualify based on, I guess, the quote unquote hotspot. Um, you know, mentioned that that Batman had. I mean, it almost if if they're going to do it strictly by division, I mean, Vegas might also or might essentially be 
the best choice kind of process of elimination, so to speak. Right. Almost by default, it kind of has the most things going for it, even though, as you mentioned, there is that kind of lack of ice concern. I mean, this would not be a concern in a couple of years when they got the Henderson facility built, but right now it's a little bit of an issue. Uh, Adam, what's your kind of take on all this and the fact that we're now doing hubs instead of neutral sites? Yeah, it's 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 so weird, and there's so much still to be worked out. I I, I know uh, I've been working on some some NFL contingency type stuff, and so uh, I'll bring a little bit of that into this discussion. In that, uh, I I was asking some people uh, why, if you're going to have no fans, if that was the plan, and you're the NFL, why would you go to stadiums? Why would you not go to like practice facilities or you know you know minor you know some kind of a high school stadium, something where why would you go into this big giant stadium and do your games if it's, if it's uh, no fans. And the answer was uh, that the, you know, NFL level broadcast quality and, and especially network broadcast just can't happen at smaller venues. It's just impossible to get them all wired up and technologically up to, uh, up to par in time. And so like these, these, you know, large stadiums already have all that stuff. Uh, ready to go. And I would imagine, you know, that's kind of similar uh, in some regard to what they'd want to do with the, you know, with the NHL and that it would be tougher to have it at some of the really small venues, even if you have no fans, just because it's not, you know, while you can bring cameras in and, and do a broadcast, it's just not network quality. Uh, so it might be a little different. So I, I think that might be something to, to monitor in terms of how hard would it get, would it be to get uh, a smaller type venue up to date if you're going to use multiple venues in a city. Uh, those things are things I never thought really of. Uh, and I thought it was just kind of easy to go in and do a broadcast and people around the NFL were telling me that's just not the case. So uh, I'm not sure if that translates directly to the NHL, but it's something to certainly uh, monitor and think about um, that they might have to go to big venues, even though, um, you know, even, even though if they might not have fans, they might have to still uh, focus on NHL arenas. Uh, I, I just think there's, there's just a lot of those things logistically that, uh, I think are coming up in, in all these plans of all these different leagues to try to to try to go forward and do something with. Uh, I, I like getting together and saying like, hey, let's just play this out and that we can go to one city and, and get it all done. Uh, I just I think there's going to be some pushback even from cities. Like I, I I think Las Vegas because because we haven't still embraced sports so much in, in Nevada, which is you know a point of contention for some people uh, might be possible. But you mentioned like, okay, how about how about Edmonton or Calgary? Uh, those places don't seem to have like bad hotspots. And then you have local officials like, yeah, that doesn't really sound appealing to us. I think you might run into that in, in several different spots. So there's just a lot there to work out. Yeah, there's going to be a ton to kind of suss out, as you kind of mentioned, not just with which, you know, kind of local government and health officials want to host hockey. But then, you know, as we talked about before, there's still stuff where uh, I believe the U.S.-Canada border is still currently closed. That would obviously need to change we'd have to figure out how to get european players back over to north america to participate in all of these regular season games you'd have to figure out a schedule as to do you just play your division to finish out the regular season is that necessarily equitable there's obviously a million balls still in the air and the nhl is not even close to a decision on this which of course makes sense but it does appear for the first time kind of since the pause that they have some semblance of direction as to what way they're going to restart. 
And then uh, speaking of direction, we'll talk about one last thing before we go, which is uh, the NBA is opening up team facilities to players on Friday in states that have lifted some of their stay-at-home restrictions. Now, I do think it's a lot more complicated for the NHL to start opening up its facilities compared to the NBA because, of course, in the NBA, you open up a gym, you put a hoop down, and then guys can kind of do a workout where in the NHL there's obviously equipment that needs to be maintained, ice that needs to be maintained. There's a lot more that kind of goes into managing an NHL facility. But now that we've seen the NBA kind of start to take potentially, because it still hasn't happened yet, it's first steps to getting players to kind of working out by themselves and then potentially in small groups. How, how close do we think the NHL is to following suit here, Dave? I mean, I know that they're kind of in the same spot, like we were just talking about in terms of the, 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 you know, the pods or the hubs um, where they're not really close to a decision, but obviously they're monitoring it. And, and it's certainly on the horizon. Um, I know it's been reported. Um, that May 15th is kind of a target date that some of the teams are sort of looking at to maybe start having, you know, some small groups and, and small skates and things like that being able to open up. But, you know, there's the, the same issues in the NHL, if that's the case, that the NBA is facing where, you know, is it equitable for, say, Nevada to, you know, be open, if that's the case, and allow the Golden Knights to skate, but you know, not have other states, you know, do that. And if that's the case, how is the NHL going to accommodate, say, those teams in, in, let's say, like in New York, that clearly that's an area that has been hit much harder by the virus and is in a different, you know, I guess, state, so to speak, um, where it's at with everything, you know, medically and all that. How do you balance that equitably? And then this is the other thing, too, that, that they're starting to get pushback from players on is the whole idea of being in a bubble basically for potentially four months. I mean, it's, there's kind of a timeline that they're sort of, you know, pushing right now um, in terms of, you know, if we start May 15th, you know, running that for a couple of weeks and then starting training camps, say in June, starting games like in July and then running that all the way through September with the playoffs and all of that. I mean, if you make the finals and, and what have you, I mean, you could be away from your family for four months. You could be in a bubble basically for four months, I, I, depending on how the NHL decides to do this. Players are not really keen on, on doing that, I, or at least some of them aren't. I know at least one of them you know, spoke up today, you know, Tuesday, as we're recording this. So that's going to be something that the NHLPA is going to have to kind of work out with the NHL. And, and how is all of this going to fit into just people, I guess, living normal lives and, and still being able to perform their job, I guess, at their best. Yeah, there's still obviously so, so much to work out. And I feel like we say that every week, but of course, it's still really, really true. But it seems like the first steps are kind of taking place and the thought processes are kind of being laid bare as to how these leagues and teams are approaching a return. So we'll see. What ends up happening? Yeah, Ben, we should we should also point out like uh, the the NBA is trying to do this, but you know they came out you know, the report came out yesterday that hey they can come back Friday May first that's a good date everybody can come back and there was so much pushback around the league that all of a sudden it's like yeah that's not going to happen like let's make it next Friday and then next week who knows what's going to happen then so 
that's the other thing we have to, you know, everybody wants a date. And I, I can't even begin to describe how many times I've been asked a question by people, you know, that are, uh, you know, just fans or just friends that are outside the business or, or anyone else of like, hey, you know, when are things, things going to start again? I'm like, we don't know. We don't know anything. People on the inside don't know anything. I've talked to some, you know, team employees from, you know, NFL and NHL teams that are just completely in the dark. They have, they have no idea. And, and, and I think one of the things is that we're so starved for a date or a time or when is this going to happen? And we all want to know. But then you hear that like little glimmer of hope from the NBA of, you know, teams can report to their facilities this week, which is not even really, it's a, it's a milestone because they can start to make a prop, make, make progress, but it's not like a, a date where we're like, okay, now we're going to have games again or anything. It's just, they can get back in their facility, which is such a, a, a small milestone in this process. And even that was met with some pushback. Mark Cuban, uh, you know, from, from the Mavericks and the NBA, as soon as that report came out, was like, no, we're not coming back May 1st. And then all of a sudden, nobody's coming back May 1st and it's May 8th at the earliest. And that might even be pushed back. So I think we're all just so starved that we're jumping at any little bit of information, but it's just, it's, it's such a process. And there's, there's still people that are, that were nervous about it. I, I know there were some NBA players that uh, were kind of, you know, quoted off the record as saying, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I'm comfortable going back to the facility right now. So there's, so there's some of that too. Uh, there's just, a, there's a lot there. And I, I know we're all excited to jump at any bit of positive information, but, um, it's just, it's, it's a process we just have to let play out and it sucks and nobody's happy with it, but, uh, we just have to kind of wait it out. And I think the NHL's the NHL is kind of in an enviable, enviable position with the NBA because they can kind of Guinea pig a little bit, Oh yeah, you know, they threw that May 1st out there and they saw the reaction and now the NHL kind of knows, you know, okay, well maybe we're going to get similar pushback. Let's not, you know, let's not start throwing out hard dates and, and, and everything like that. Every time I've asked, you know, Bill Daly, anything, you know, related to this, it always, you know, has an answer, but then it's always like, we're looking at a whole bunch of different things. This is not, you know, what we've narrowed in on, there's all kinds of different scenarios for each and every, you know, different possibility that could happen depending on the timing and and all that. So like Adam says, yeah, I mean, it's, we're starting to hear good things and it's encouraging. And I know even myself, you know, it's like, okay, maybe we're starting to get a little bit closer. But, you know, we'll see. It's still kind of a wait and see game and and nothing is, is set in stone at this point. Yeah, we'll absolutely keep you guys posted on how everything plays out. Make sure to check back to ReviewJournal.com for all of that information. As I said, I got a a roster review series going where I go through all the Golden Knights players. We're going to have a lot of other fun stuff coming at you, so check that out. Make sure to check out SDN Sports Mobile from Station Casinos, our sponsor. Also check out Favor, drinkafavor.com, our presenter today. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We appreciate you. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Whatever you do to podcasts, please do to this one on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. I want to thank Dave Shane and Adam Hill for joining me. I'm Ben Goats. We'll talk to you guys again real soon. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.